Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom and State. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347 324 Hello, this is Leslie Gist, and you listen to the Gist of Freedom tonight. Our guest is Mr. David L. Head, also known as Mr. Granville T. Woods. Are you on the line, David? Yes, I am. Thanks for calling me, uh, Leslie. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak about this inspirational figure in STEM education history. That's the buzzword in America, science, technology, engineering, and math. And Granville T. Woods truly was a pioneering and inventor. My favorite story about Granville T. Woods is um, the story about him uh, involved with Thomas Edison. Could you start off there? Yeah, well, that really thrust him in the uh, national lime, not limelight. Uh, this regarded uh, 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 invention, inventive idea dealing with wireless communication on the railroad, basically to save lives. With railroad expansion, this goes back after, during the Civil War, and it really started expanding after the Civil War. The railroad industry, which was a major, uh, the major vehicle for the Industrial Re- Revolution, to uh, move supplies back and forth across the nation. Uh, the railroad played a big part in that, but the technology needed to be upgraded. And Granville T. Woods decided to use uh, electromagnetic induction as a wireless signal relay device uh, to save lives. Uh, it's like communicate for, for communication, for routing, and for safety. And the problem was uh, Thomas Edison had a similar invention, and uh, that was known when you have two people claiming the same invention, a patent interference case, when you have two inventors. And so you need an examiner to look over both documents to find out who has priority of the invention. And uh, Granville T. Woods, with his uh, 14 witnesses and five models and public dem- demonstrations uh, throughout the Cincinnati area back in eight, beginning in 18... 18- 81, he demonstrated his first induction model in over the Rhine, uh, where he lived at in Cincinnati. That was a, a German area called over the Rhine, and he demonstrated that on New Year's Day, the first wireless communication system. And he called it the silent watchman, basically, because you didn't need anybody to really watch it. It was utilized using electricity. And that was truly an amazing feat for. Uh, uh, especially a black man, to come up with an idea like that. And Thomas Edison refuted that, and they went to court, patent court, 
and he proved that he was the original inventor. Thomas Edison appealed the case. He lost that case. And uh, he also offered Gravel T. Woods uh, a job offer to work at his new laboratory. He had just started a new laboratory because the first one was in Menlo Park, New Jersey. And then he created another laboratory that was even bigger. And uh, he wanted Gravel T. Woods uh, electrical magnetic and genius to be a part of that because he was very limited in electricity to a large part. And Gravel T. Woods refused. So when he won that case, that really thrust him on the national spotlight. And they started calling him the Black Edison. Okay. Now tell us about his company and his brother. What's that? Tell us about Granville T. Woods' brother and their company. Oh, his brother? Yes, and their company, the electrical company. Okay, yeah. Once he won that case at Edison, you had some of the wealthy people in Cincinnati form a company called the Woods Electric Company. And uh, he uh, began having the freedom to invent. And the first year when they formed was in 1887, and he actually invented seven different inventions. Truly amazing feat to to invent seven different inventions in one year. So here you had a... uh, this say you had an electrical genius. This was during the dawn of the electric age, okay, around 1870, 1880. Here you had an uh, electrical genius. Most engineers was mechanical engineers at that time. Granville T. Woods was a mechanical engineer, but he also was an electrical genius. And basically what he did was invent for a living. And these white people wanted to profit by that, so they started the Woods Electric Company. And... It did well for a while, but he had some electric railway ideas, and he had to go up against another patent interference case with another person, and they didn't back they didn't back him during the final crucial stages of that process, and that their inability actually made him to leave that company because he had some other electrical ideas. It wasn't just one concept. He would always have multiple concepts. He was driven to invent. I, I could see Granville T. Woods sleeping in bed at night, and he would have to get up because he couldn't you know, sleep because his mind was trying to improve on the, the original invention regarding if it was electric or railway or anything. He was always finding ways to improve the original concept. And so when they didn't help him, uh, he, he reached out to another uh, uh, company to put together a model right while he was in Cincinnati and he demonstrated this uh, motor regulator on his electric railway system and this other system that he had was very successful and the wood company still didn't give him the the full backing and he was trying to, you know, let him go. They wanted him to go to New York City and uh, he was trying to find investors and uh, he ran out of money. And he was trying to get them to basically help him, you know, more funding. And they, they wasn't going to do that. So their inability to pay him properly, not really promote his inventions the way they should, uh, that was a part of the, of the inventive process. And that's something that he had to go through most of his life uh, because he never received the, the proper equity, the proper compensation with the inventive idea and with his patent uh, all throughout his lifetime. Even though he did get money, he didn't get the proper share. He, he was treated like a, a second-class citizen 
separate but unequal, like most African Americans. Mm. Wow. So tell us more about how you discovered Edison. Not Edison, I'm sorry. How you discovered Mr. Granville T. Woods. Okay. Now, uh, I discovered Granville T. Woods, uh, when was that? Uh, It was all the way back in 1996. I had seen a documentary on transportation in America, and it was basically on PBS, and it spoke about the pioneers that played a prominent part in rail transportation. And the program went off, and I was like, wow, they didn't mention anything about African Americans. And it took me back when I was a little boy growing up in New York City Public School. I felt that there was no mention of anything about African Americans, and I felt invisible. I even began to feel inferior, because as a little child, I was saying, maybe black people didn't really didn't really invent anything. And so, basically, I decided to educate myself. And uh, with that education, I began to utilize it and join the Black History Committee. So when I seen that documentary, documentary, I decided to write something for uh, the Black History Committee, which I was a member. Uh, I joined it in 1991. And when I joined it, I found the purpose and direction in my life that still exists today. I, I wrote something called The African Presence in Transportation. And lo and behold, what I found out would make us proud. In there was Granville T. Woods, and I found that he invented the third reel. And basically what I decided to do is go on a fact-finding mission to get Mr. Granville T. Woods recognized and acknowledged for his significant contribution to New York City's subway system. And I, for six years, I did research in Columbus, Ohio, where he was born, Cincinnati, where he began his invented career. Uh, the Schomburg, where I began my first research, began there at the Schomburg Center. And I went out to the public library at 42nd Street. There's a, that's a wealth of uh, information at that New York City Public Library. Then you have the uh, library on 34th, the Science and Technology Library. And I started putting all these facts together. Now, mind you, I was working at this time for the New York City Transit System. They didn't give me no time to do this. I did this on my own time, and I had to pay to go to these places. They didn't give me any money to do this. But basically what I did was connect Granville T. Woods Third Rail with the New York City subway system, a paper trail. And how I was able to do that, I found that information at the National Archives. There's a wealth of information regarding Granville T. Woods patents and patent interference cases down there. There's tons and tons of information, so you got to sift through that. So I, don't, I went down multiple times to, to pick up the uh, descent of the uh, what was going on. It didn't happen one time, so I have to, have to go back down the National Park, National Archives in College Park, Maryland, and sift through that information days and days and then return, and I started to pick up what was happening in his life. I could identify immediately after a while, and what he did basically – is that when you file a patent, you got a uh, there's a there's a patent there's a filing fee of fifteen dollars during that time, and then for them to issue you a patent, that's a twenty dollar fee. So he had the filing fee, and he basically had to borrow the money. A lot of times you have to borrow the money to get the filing fee, and so if you don't get the the issuing fee within a certain amount of time, I believe it was six months, then you have to reapply, uh, refile for the patent, and his time ran out. But through the grace of God, he was able to connect 
with a great, great lawyer named Henry C. Townsend. And he overseen the patent office, the electrical department at the U.S. Patent Office for many years when they had patent interference cases with Thomas Edison and Alexander Graham Bell's patents. He overseen that procedure. And he left that office and went into private practice. He recognized Granville T. Wood's ability. And basically what he did was open the doors to Granville T. Woods and General Electric. And he was able to get General Electric to pay for the, the refiling fee for that patent, pay for the amending fee, and then they eventually bought that patent. And that was the first third rail patent. And then there was four uh, additional patents between the years of 1900 and 1904. And that's the paper trail that I connected with the New York City subway system and finally got Granville T. Woods acknowledged for being the key inventor for the New York City subway system. Now, he did not invent the original third rail. The original third rail wasn't able to modernize transportation, but his gravity, his advanced technology improved the third rail system to make modern transportation possible. And that was the, the connection. The MTA acknowledged my research and finally acknowledged Granville T. Woods as being the key inventor for the New York City in April of 19, 19, in 2004. They made 4 million Metro cards, and they unveiled the Granville T. Woods commemorative exhibit that went throughout the MTA for that whole year in each barrel. And uh, I have that original exhibit uh, myself. Now, there's uh, two people that might be calling in who's my the manager of my foundation, Joseph Head, and my uh, my sister, who's the publicist of my foundation. So you get a call from those two people. They can weigh in on that. I would love them to weigh in on the project, Leslie. Yes, I, I see them on the line. Uh, before we Please take let their call, call yeah, let them, uh, yes, just explain, before we open up the line to them, just explain the story about uh, about Coney Island. Sorry. Who? Coney Island. Oh, Coney, uh, Coney Island? Coney Island yes. is the birthplace of the modern rural transportation. Uh, Gravel T. Woods demonstrated his very first electrical railway system in 1892 in Coney Island. The, the company that started, uh, that, that uh, put that, the, that system down, basically the manager, he was also the secretary of the company. He was a patent shark, and he was a scoundrel. He tried to steal Granville T. Woods in third reel patent. But that, that system, it wasn't a third reel. It was a multiple distribution station system. And it was truly an amazing system because during that time, most inventors that was trying to electrify transportation was trying to do something with the trolley system. But the, the owner of that railroad system, General Slocum, it was called the Brooklyn and Coney Island Railroad, General Slocum wanted to get rid of the overhead system because it would break down frequently during the winter. So the, 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 the person that, that ran that company, his name was James S. Zerby. He connected with Slocum. They demonstrated that system, and that system basically that Granville T. Woods devised, it basically eliminated the overhead trolley system. It was a surface system as well, and it also was able to uh, put on the lights. They had the street lamps at that time on, on the street, and it was able to put on those uh, street lamps 
and also be it also be able to use for home appliances. So if you had an appliance, an electrical appliance at your house, you can use that system, which was known as the multiple distribution station system. It was able to do all those things. Truly, uh, an amazing feat, which shows you the genius that of this multifaceted genius, Granville T. Woods. So he had that system that was in place, uh, and he had to go to court against this man, and he won that case in 1892, and then he had another system in 1892, 1893 that was an uh, electric railway system between the rails, and uh, that was successful as well. And uh, so I went back to Coney Island and was able to get a street in Coney Island named for him. Uh, if you go to Coney Island, Stillwell Terminal, that is the last stop on the D and F and some of the other lines. And right across the street from the Stillwell Terminal is now known as Granville T. Woods Way. And they did that in uh, 1908, uh, 2008. And I also let them know that while I was there, I went to the Coney Island Hall of Fame. There was a gentleman named Charlie Denson. He wrote a beautiful book called Coney Island Lost and Found. And I presented my research material. He seen it was authentic. And he basically acknowledged Granville T. Woods in 2009, the following year, for being the inventor that modernized the roller coaster by electrifying it. And so that's where Coney Island plays a major part in the life and legacy of Granville T. Woods. All right. So let's uh, go to the lines and see who we have on. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi, how are you? Great. Do you are we connected? Yes, you're on live. Oh, okay. Uh I'm in, I'm Ray Chambly and I work uh with David on the Gravel T Woods project, basically as an administrator, uh trying to make sure that everything is coordinated properly and work together properly because uh, we're, we've been working on this project now for ever since the book was published uh, two years ago, and uh, we've been working with schools, trying to get exhibits in the schools. We've been working with railroads, um, national railroad uh, companies that actually work and manage the railroad system throughout the country, trying to see if we can get the book in their libraries within their um, various headquarters, you know, where they're located. We haven't been getting a lot of good responses from uh, many of these uh, entities, and a lot has to do with budget. Budgeting has been cut back very severely uh, with this new Congress, especially the ones uh, on the far right. Um, They have cut a lot of um, funding for many of the the arts. And so um, these uh, entities have not had the funding, even education, uh, the schools have not had the funding to put on the exhibits for the children. But there are a few schools that did put on the exhibits, and those that did were very successful. Um, Here in the New York City area, basically we started in in the borough of Queens. Um, Those who did put on the exhibits was a success the children and the teachers plus the parents really appreciated how educational and informative the exhibition was. 
not only for the children but for themselves. There were so many things that they didn't know about um, African-American inventors in general uh, besides um, Gravel P. Woods. So we are now embarking on a film project. So, um, you know, trying to keep all of this together and now dealing with priorities. Um, this is like our top priority to get it out to, to the people because apparently um, because of the budget constrictions that we find that's happening throughout the country today, we feel that this might be a great avenue to get Mr. Wood's name known to the public, to the general public on a massive basis. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about um, the work in Detroit that you guys are doing. The work in Detroit. David could probably for you as the mostly the 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 Charles H. Wright Museum. David, do you want to help her out with that question? Oh well, yeah, uh, I moved from New York City when I retired from the New York City Transit System in April of 2012. And when you go to a new city, especially with any project, you don't know how they're going to embrace it. So of course, this deals with African American history, and uh, I was. Uh, was directed to the Charles H. Wright Museum, which is the largest African-American museum in the world. It's, it's stationed in Detroit. Detroit gets a bad rap and a lot of uh, press, but it's a great city, and there's some great educators uh, and engineers and people uh, in society of African-American descent that's doing a lot of positive things for the city. Uh, but uh, when I went there, I, I brought the the project to the attention of Bob Smith. He was the vice president of the Charles H. Wright Museum. And he said, this is totally outstanding work that you have done, Mr. Head. So he has embraced my research. They have compensated me for the research that I've done and integrated my research into their new high-tech exhibit, Inspiring Minds, African Americans in Science and Technology. And uh, I am a special tour guide for that exhibit. And uh, they also allowed me to do a program called Meet the Scientists with my colleague, Dr. Terrence Dillard. And the, pro- the program basically exposes African-American boys and girls to African-American professionals in STEM. Uh, we had scientists come out, engineers, uh, weathermen. We had uh, airplane pilots, uh, medical doctors, uh, physics, and uh, it's really uh, an enlightened thing to see a child speak to these people when after the program and during the program. So basically what they basically try to uh, expose to them that you can do this. It takes some hard work, but you can do this. And so they also, you know, try to encourage them to go into STEM careers because there's so much emphasis on science uh, and, and, and more or less in sports and entertainment. So it, it's good to see uh, young boys and girls meet professional people that have achieved their goals, have overcome trials, tribulations, and triumphs to achieve their goals. And they can touch them, they can feel them. It's a beautiful PowerPoint presentation. It's two hours, and we do that uh, every month and sometimes twice a month on Saturday from the age from the hours of two and four. The program was so successful last year, we're going into our second year, that we, me and my colleague, Dr. Dillard, last week received the Mary Bethune Cloud Award. That was truly an honor to get an award named after that, you know, great pioneer in education and in, uh, in civil rights, 
Mary Bethune McLeod. So uh, we're looking for some great things in 2015 for Meet the Scientists. So the Detroit has really, uh, really has embraced me in so many ways. Wonderful. Ken, um, I would like to pose this question to your administrator. My what? Um, can you tell us more about where he, um, where Mr. David Head is going, and how can we help David uh, promote? Brand okay, if you, I don't know if my brother, did, did my brother Joe here, he's the business manager. I would love him okay. to chime in if he's out there. He can really not give you some details on not that. Not yet. Not yet. He's not on. Uh, you can text him. Uh, okay, but, uh, perhaps yeah, they can connect that with uh, Joe to connect connect me with him. Uh, get on, you know, get on and call. I guess he was trying to call earlier. And, yeah, uh, but I, I, based upon uh, where the foundation is going now, it's uh, my goal right now is to uh, one of my primary things for the 2015 year. I've become uh, part of the Detroit Public School Reading Literacy Corps, where I go into school and teach little little boys and girls. Doesn't make any difference. Uh, African-Americans, whoever's at the school, I'm going to teach them about how to read, the dynamics of creativity, and also the importance of knowing your history. So that's one of my goals for 2015, to connect uh, what I know about uh, reading, the importance of knowing words, the power of words, the impact of words, and also to get them to know about the history and utilizing their creative, identifying their creative gifts to basically empower themselves one day. The other thing is the Granville T. Woods film. Uh, this man, most people have never really heard about Granville T. Woods. That's the, usually uh, what I come across as a Detroit public school vendor. I go out to a lot of different educational and cultural programs with my black history puzzles and board games. Uh, if you go to my website, davidlheadfoundation.com, you can see that on my website, David L. Head Foundation. You can see all of my educational initiatives, past, present, and future. And so I try to, what I basically uh, am seeking is to enhance the community at large in the area that I'm at in Detroit is uh, very is very much in need of that. And uh, I'm, trying, I'm taking more of a leadership role to reach out to technical companies, tech companies in the, in the, in the outside areas of Engineering Society of Detroit to play more of a leadership role with robust intervention to unfold a, a child's true potential. Because engineers are not born, they, they need to be trained. And these companies need to invest and in, to inspire innovators tomorrow by utilizing their resource uh, material within a classroom structure from K to 12. And uh, last but not least, as my sister Ray uh, spoke to you, about the Granville T. Woods film. Everybody goes to the movies. They need to find out who this great man is. And it'll be probably one of the first films about a black inventor of such statutes. Wonderful. And before we um, end, end this uh, segment, uh, Ms. Ray, do you have anything to say as far as wrapping up everything that David is? Yeah, because moving forward, that is really the goal. I mean, just think about the time period this man was born in 1857. He died in 1910. So just think about the time period that he lived. 
slavery was actually legal in this country at that time. So there were many states um, that, you know, he, 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 was, he would not, if he had lived in those particular states, he would not have been able to accomplish any of the things he was able to accomplish if he had not moved to New York. Um, once he moved to New York, to say that is to say that, of course, um, bigotry and racism has, was not erased from these states. But he was able to accomplish a whole lot more. And because of, of the time period that he lived in, it, it, it just shows you what a remarkable, persistent, focused person this man was. He just would not give up. He was determined to make sure that his inventions were out there. To, he had a vision to look forward. He was not thinking about the past or the present. He was more more thinking of the future and how his inventions could help this country move forward. So to say that is to say um, he was known as the Black Edison in his day. And so if you think about it that way, very similar. I I, I, I take Mr. Gravelkiller's um, character very similar to uh, Barack Obama in that Barack Obama, when he came on the scene in 2007, nobody ever heard of this man. Or very few people heard of this man. If he wasn't politically motivated, he would really not have heard of this man. But he sort of blindsided everyone, especially when he won the election in 2008. And then he not only won it in 2008, he won it again in 2012. So to say that is to say the country really in general was not ready for an African-American president. That He sort of blindsided so many people in this country, so much so that um, so many of these um, ridiculous white supremacist organizations and, and those who think like them um, multiplied, mainly because of the way they think, which is ridiculous. But, you know, that's, you know it is what it is. And, and very similar to Mr. Wood, when he came on the scene, he actually blindsided the communities of his day. They weren't ready for him. Number one, he was an African-American man. You know, come on, most African-American men were servants and, 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 and slaves and et cetera. I mean, there was, there was no demeaning. So he just basically proved that that whole concept was just totally bogus. And he just kept moving forward. And it's very similar to what uh, Mr. Obama has done with the country. He just kept, he keeps on moving forward. And we can see, if you see the statistics, and I think it's the New York Times magazine came out with an article today about the successes of the country since Mr. Obama has came into office, as opposed to what it was before he was in office. They list maybe about five or six different areas where he has boosted the country. And very similar, so did uh, Gravity Woods. Because before him, there was no subway. Before him, there was no, there was, there was certain things that the, the world, this country, did not know. We're not experiencing. So um, it, it, it's just a remarkable man. And this movie that we're trying to, to that really takes priority in, in, in what we're dealing with, you know, for the moment. We really want to move this story forward in a movie format so that not only can Americans see this, but the world can really get to know who this man is and what his accomplishments and his achievements were.
Wonderful. David, do you have the closing words? Uh, Give us your contact information, your website, everything, David. Okay, once again, uh, my uh, website is David L. Head. That's my name. Just put in foundation after that. I have a 501c3 nonprofit foundation since 2006. This didn't happen. This 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 uh, this nonprofit foundation has been around. I've been working on this project for 18 years. Uh, DavidLHeadFoundation.com. My email address is D as in David, L as in Larry, H as in Harry, foundation, at NYC, like New York City, dot, RR, like Robert, Robert, or railroad, RR.com, DLH Foundation at NYC, dot, RR.com, and my cell phone number is area code 917, that's right, 917-517-1770, and, uh, Call me. Uh, maybe somebody want to ask some questions about the project. I'll be glad to answer all and any questions, any concerns about the project as we move into our next phase, the movie. Based upon uh, how the project got started in 1996, and I move forward with the project on an ongoing basis, now that the book has been completed, it's now time to do the film. And how can we purchase the book? Uh, they can call me. They can go online. Uh, go to my website. Uh, they can email me, call me, go on my website. Amazon. I'll be glad to send them an autographed copy of my book. I, I live in uh, Detroit, but I'm, I'm coming to New York for about a month. I'll be in New York next uh, next week, um, probably Friday of next week, and I'll be there for about five, four to five weeks. I'll be in New York. So if they want to contact me, and meet me. I'll be glad to uh, meet people, sign the book, and uh, even go out and speak about this great project. And it's truly been a labor of love since day one, and it continues to be. Okay, Ms. Ray, you were trying to say something? Yeah, Amazon.com has the book as well. Wonderful. Okay, yeah. I want to thank both of you for coming on. Um, David is a very good friend. And I always enjoy talking to him, and it's nice to meet you, Miss Ray. And we'll hope to have both of you on again, and good luck with everything you're doing. Thank you. All righty. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Bye.